guys and welcome to the show happy monday i'm your host amala Epinobi, and today we are going to be talking about russell brand but before we get to that we have taylor in nashville hello you awakening wonders how are we doing today <laughs> it's going to be an interesting day uh just to say the least we have a lot to talk about here i'm sure many of you have heard uh, the allegations levied against a one russell brand and for those of you who are asking who is russell brand he is a famous comedian actor turned kind of youtuber slash uh you know keeping you up to date on news uh corporate uh wrongdoings big pharma government over reach COVID, all of these different things he currently talks about on YouTube, where he has, I believe, nearly 30 million followers across all of his platforms. I'm sure many of you already know who Russell Brand is. You are familiar with his work, either that which he did in Hollywood, uh, in comedy and in movies, or what he's doing now. Um, his whole tagline is, is stay free. He talks about freedom and revolution and all these different things. Now, recently, 
there have been allegations that have come up and allegations of sexual assault and rape against uh, Russell Brand and also a documentary titled Russell Brand in Plain Sight that was put out by Channel 4 in the UK. I believe uh, Dispatches is also the name for it. Now you can look up this documentary and look into the allegations. We are going to talk about it. I've watched it twice. Taylor has watched it once and we can give our, our feelings about that. Before I get into the bulk of this discussion surrounding Russell Brand, I want to say one thing I've noticed that is totally insane is that before we got any details about the allegations, before we heard from the women who have come forward, people were already laying claim to their opinion publicly in regard to Russell Brand on both sides of the aisle when it comes to the court of public opinion. There were people who hated Russell Brand who immediately said, I knew he was a rapist, I knew he was committing sexual acts uh, of assault, and he should go to jail. Uh, we knew this about him all this time. I don't like him. I don't like what he has to say. Therefore, he is guilty. Then you had the other group of people who said, I really love Russell Brand. He's a truth seeker. He's telling people to stay free. He's speaking out against the mainstream media and doing so in a way that, you know, more often than not, the mainstream media is not happy about. He is often labeled a conspiracy theorist. In fact, Taylor looked him up on Wikipedia. And one of the first things that Wikipedia said about uh, Russell Brand is that he is an English conspiracy theorist. So that gives you a little bit of a view of the two different camps or the two different strong camps of opinion in regard to Russell Brand. And those who liked him immediately jumped to his defense, said this was a coordinated attack on behalf of the mainstream media, that they were digging up accusations that were more than likely nonsense, and that Russell Brand should be absolved of these things. I can guarantee you right now in watching this show, ladies and gentlemen, that you will not hear me espouse the opinion of either camp when it comes to Russell Brand and these allegations. I for one, uh, would like to sit on the side of waiting for more information. As I said before, I've read through the allegations, I've watched the documentary twice now and with two different people to get their opinions as well, uh, but I do not feel comfortable sitting in a space where I come forward and say he is guilty or he is not guilty. Now, fundamentally, I believe that everyone is innocent until proven guilty. That is the way our law system works here in the United States, and that's the way it should work everywhere else. So, what we have now on our hands is he said, she said, and four main instances of he said, she said, among many other smaller ones that have come up through the course of these allegations being brought to the public. Now, I do want to set the scene for how these allegations came to light. It seems as though Russell Brand was made aware that the media was working on this expose on him maybe days prior to this going out into the public. So he had, you know, one foot in the door when it came to these stories being released. And he did put out a YouTube video that was about two or three minutes long talking about his denial of the allegations and insinuating that this was a mainstream media attack against him for things that he's worked on and said in the past. Now, when we talk about the idea of a coordinated attack, it is important to mention that multiple news outlets and, and mainstream media outlets in the UK specifically came out in full force against Russell Brand, publishing their stories at around the same time. I do want to show you a video here of uh, what newspapers looked like in the UK when these allegations were coming out. And you can get, sort of get a picture of how they may be working in tandem to push this story out against Russell Brand.
You see, lots of newspapers, they're all saying the same thing. Russell Brand is a, a rapist. Russell Brand has these accusations. Russell Brand was hiding in plain sight. He's accused of rape and grooming. All of these different things uh, were, were put out in the media and all on the same day. So that can give you a vision there of, of what's going on. I also want to say a coordinated attack is one thing. True or false allegations is another thing. And it is important to note that two things can be true at the same time, right? Uh, an attack could be coordinated, but also have true allegations within it. An attack could be coordinated and also have false allegations within it. What blows my mind is that this is not being taken up, taken up in the court of law. Instead, it's being handled by journalists and, and outlets that clearly have a bias, most of them a bias in the direction of finding Russell Brand guilty in the court of public opinion, but also others in response who have a bias towards completely absolving him of any and all allegations that were made against him. As I said before, we're not going to be on, on either side of this. I will admit, I have a bias towards Russell Brand. I love the work of Russell Brand. I loved him before he was in the space of, of politics. Now, mind you, I was like a teenager. I was not following all of the, the sex scandal and him being nominated and winning Shagger of the Year three years in a row in the UK. What my introduction to Russell Brand was, was like forgetting Sarah Marshall that movie, or Get Him to the Greek, those movies, and movies I probably shouldn't have been watching at the age uh, that they were put out. But nonetheless, I had watched those films, was a fan of Russell Brand, at least as a comedian. When he started hopping into politics, even as a leftist, I thought, okay, well, you know, at least he, he sounds astute, he sounds knowledgeable, he's standing for something, that's cool. And now that he's gone into this criticism of mainstream media, calling out the machine and the larger player elites in our system, I thought even better. What a wonderful message to put out to, to the media. So there's where my bias lies on his political opinion and his professional work. Does that bias translate to the allegations that have now been placed against him? It could, but I am trying my hardest not to allow that to happen. And we will discuss what was laid out in this documentary, the way that he was depicted, and all of the responses, both negative and positive, that have come out in the wake of this. Now, before we get into the documentary, I will play you the video that Russell Brand put out as a response to this story that was going to be ushered out by the press. And we can react to that first. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Now, this isn't the usual type of video we make on this channel where we critique, attack, and undermine the news in all its corruption, because in this story, I am the news. I've received two extremely disturbing letters, or a letter and an email, one from a mainstream media TV company, one from a newspaper listing a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks, as well as some pretty stupid stuff, like uh, my community festival should be stopped, that I shouldn't be able to attack mainstream media narratives on this channel. But amidst this litany of astonishing, rather baroque attacks are some very serious allegations that I absolutely refute. 
These allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspapers all the time, when I was in the movies. And as I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent. And I'm being transparent about it now as well. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question is there another agenda at play? Particularly when we've seen coordinated media attacks before, like with Joe Rogan, when he dared to take a medicine that the mainstream media didn't approve of. And we saw a spate of headlines from media outlets across the world using the same language. I'm aware that you guys have been saying in the comments for a while, watch out, Russell, they're coming for you. You're getting too close to the truth. Russell Brand did not kill himself. I know that a year ago there was a spate of articles. Russell Brand's a conspiracy theorist. Russell Brand's right wing. I'm aware of news media making phone calls, sending letters to people I know for ages and ages. It's been clear to me, or at least it feels to me, like there's a serious and concerted agenda to control these kind of spaces and these kind of voices. And I mean my voice along with your voice. I don't mind them using my books and my stand-up to talk about my promiscuous, consensual conduct in the past. What I seriously refute are these very, very serious criminal allegations. Also, it's worth mentioning that there are witnesses whose evidence directly contradicts the narratives that these two mainstream media outlets are trying to construct, apparently in what seems to me to be a coordinated attack. Now, I don't want to get into this any further because of the serious nature of the allegations, but I feel like I'm being attacked and plainly they are working very closely together. We are obviously going to look into this matter because it's very, very serious. In the meantime, I want you to stay close, stay awake, but more important than any of that, if you can, please stay free. Hello there, you awake. Okay, so that's the video that you get in response. I'm curious, Taylor, you saw this video before watching the documentary. Uh, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, my initial thoughts were, oh, wow, here we go again. It's another, you know, Joe Rogan style, Donald Trump style coordinated attack where on one day all these different uh, entities have co coordinated together to uh, bring down a certain person. And here we go again. But uh, as you look in a little further, I mean, I didn't go on social media and say that, but that was my <laughs> my uh, honest thought immediately. And then. Mm -hmm. Uh, as a, as time kind of went on, I started to see uh, Constantine Kaizen earlier today put out an article uh, where he was talking about people jumping to conclusions on this. And uh, then I watched the documentary for myself and, you know, tried to, like you said, uh, lay out my own biases as I'm watching it and acknowledge that, you know, because I like Russell and a lot of what he says and agree with a lot of what he says, I am inclined to uh, want to conclude that all of this is completely false and everything against him. But I, at least for due diligence sake, need to not default to that tribalistic uh, response and to try to take this as seriously as I can. And some of these claims are concerning and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as far as my initial response, it was definitely, uh, you know, just Team Russell, I felt those tribal instincts kick in, but uh, yeah, we, we need to be more nuanced. Yeah, I definitely had a very similar response, and that was, I think, my bias definitely shining through, and I felt an immediate need to like slow yourself down. You have no facts here. Let's figure it out. Let's go and find this documentary. Before we get into that, uh, we got a $50 super chat from Stormy that I got to read immediately. I can't believe I made a live. I got off work early, but would have uh, still watched it work, LOL. I love your show, and as a mixed girl, I feel I found a person that sees the world the way I do. P.S. Hi, Taylor. 
with a wave emoji. Hi, <laughs> <Bye>, Stormy. <laughs> well, that's amazing. I'm so glad that you've uh, you found this community online, and we are so very happy to have you, and I'm glad you made the live today. Uh, now, we're going to be talking about this documentary. I immediately was like, I got to find this documentary that, that came out. I believe it came out on Saturday in the UK. I was searching everywhere. They said I had to buy a BBC uh, you know, subscription to, to watch it. I, I bought one. I couldn't find the documentary. I found it. I ended up finding it on Daily Motion, and I watched it once with my best friend Risa to get her take, and once with my boyfriend John to get his take. So I got the you know a, a female to male perspective from the outside to sort of listen to this. Now I first want to get into issues that uh, I had with with the documentary and ways where. I feel like it was explicitly biased in the direction of Russell Brand being guilty and things that you should keep in mind if you decide to watch the documentary. And again, and again, the name of that documentary is uh, Russell Brand in Plain Sight, I believe. Now, when you have bias in a documentary like this, it can be really hard and uh, to, to find and very deceptive. Many things that I noticed were, you know, you have to sort of safeguard your mind from like the music and the tonal settings of the, the picture that they're painting of Russell Brand. They also used a considerable amount of clips from his comedy specials and his stand up to sort of paint a picture of him being a, a sexual assaulter. I am of the personal opinion that you should in no way, shape or form be able to use acts of comedy to paint a picture of somebody in a negative or criminal light. We all know that comedy is made in jest. Jokes are made in jest. To use that to paint a negative picture of something I believe is fundamentally wrong. Now, another thing that I really took issue with, and I think the documentary should have gone without, is that there were a couple of women who chose not to appear in the documentary. They could have appeared blacked out with their voice modulated so that we would not know who they were, but they decided to instead have actresses take the place of the women who were accusing him and read off statements that the original women had written. This should not be allowed. It's, it, to me personally, you should not be allowed to have an actress who is capable of pushing forward a fabricated human emotion take on the role of a victim when you are making criminal allegations towards somebody. So these are all things to keep in mind if you go and watch the documentary and you have to actively sort of block uh, these, these things from your brain or at least take them into account when you are making your analysis. Now, the documentary specifically goes into four different accusations from women uh, against Russell Brand. One, a 16-year-old named Alice, another woman named Nadia, who he met at a show and then pursued, another woman uh, named Phoebe, who apparently had some sort of witness to her uh, sexual assault that she alleges, and one more named Rachel, who was working on a show, uh, Big Brother eForum, with Russell Brand. Now, what is, is important to note, all four of these women had consensual relationships with Russell Brand. Uh, Alice, in particular, was 16 at the time, but the, the age of consent in the UK is 16. So no matter how sleazy we may view that relationship, it is technically legal. 
Now, these women had consensual relations with Russell Brand and then claim at some point that they they turned. At least that is the story of Alice, Nadia, and Phoebe. So Alice claims that they had this consensual relationship when she was, was 16. She would go to his house quite often. He would ask her to lie to her parents about where she was so that she could come and see him. And that the relationship sort of took a turn when Russell was aggressive towards her. And you can read her account. I'm not going to get into some of the uh, more sexual details of what happened. But she claims that he assaulted her. Now, Alice remained in the relationship with Russell and left the relationship when she walked in on him in bed with another woman. That is what precipitated them cutting ties and her moving on. She would go on years later to, I believe, call his agents and accuse him of, of sexual assault and was later sent a letter that essentially accused her of being a blackmailer and wanting money and that she should stop uh, coming forward with these, these accusations. Now, of course, her, her uh, take on what happened to her persists and she ends up in this documentary. Nadia is uh, another girl. And if we're going to judge them on who would be the, the most credible or the one that has the greatest chance of, of making it to the court of law, I would say that that's Nadia. She apparently met Russell Brand at a show where she was pursued by him. Uh, they did have relations. And then one night in the middle of the night, she comes to his house and that is apparently where the assault slash rape takes place. She leaves his apartment, ends up sending him a text message, which we will show here on the screen. And you can read and come to your own conclusion about. Actually, we'll leave it here. I think it's bigger there. Uh, that she feels as though something wrong had happened to her and that he should be held accountable. So here's the, the text message. And apparently the journalist confirmed that this came from Russell Brand's number. Russell's text says, I'm sorry. That was crazy and selfish. I hope you can forgive me. I know that you're a lovely person, X. Now she responds and says, you scared the blank out of me. You're right, I am a lovely person. And for you to take advantage of me like that is unexpectable. You have a problem, you need help. It's dangerous that you think you can get your own way all the time. Do you know how scary you are when that glazed over look comes over you? When a girl says no, it means no. Do I have to go and get myself tested? Last time you asked me, condom or no condom? When I say condom, that doesn't mean it's optional. You don't have the best reputation. I pry, which I believe she means I pride myself, on being safe and trying to make the right decision. Obviously, this was a bad one. I'm so disappointed. Russell responds, I'm very sorry. You don't need to get tested. I will make this up to you somehow with live and kindness don't know what he meant by that i think he meant love and kindness yeah uh, and then he says not my original idea which was more sex you've been lovely to me and i'm embarrassed by my behavior sorry x and then he sends another text that says will you ever forgive me x now Nadia goes to a rape crisis center. She ends up going through all of the, the precautions that they take there. She files a detailed report of what she claims happened to her at uh, Russell Brand's home. They take samples, and I believe they take her underwear from the night. So presumably, they have frozen samples or whatever system they use for that that they could test uh, as a match to Russell Brand if this goes to uh, the court. 
But if the samples match, all that is going to prove to the public is that there were sexual relations. We will not be able to tell whether or not they were consensual or non-consensual. So I think you guys are seeing what the problem is going to be here when these women enter in consensual relationships with this man and then later make accusations of assault, whether they are true or false. It is going to be a very, very difficult thing to prove. Now, Rachel from the Big Brother E Forum claims to uh, have worked on the show as a showrunner and that one day when she believes she was going to ask Russell Brand what he wanted for lunch, he turned around, whipped it out, you guys know what that means, and essentially asked her to perform oral on him. She did decline and went away, but states that Russell Brand was increasingly more flirtatious with her, that she enjoyed the attention that she was getting from him, and later entered into a consensual sexual relationship with him. So that's Rachel. Now, Phoebe is a woman that allegedly met Russell Brand in AA. They too entered a consensual sexual relationship, which she then claims turned into assault one night when she was at his place. And she claims that she was screaming during this encounter with Russell, that he too got this glazed over look in his eyes as another uh, victim has allegedly stated, and that it took her screaming quite a bit for him to snap out of whatever state that he was in. Now, at the time, she claims that he was going to have meetings with his U.S. team, and his U.S. team was in the driveway as she left his place. So she leaves his place. She says that years later, she ran into a man who was present in the driveway the night that the assault took place, and that the man apologized to her and said, I will never forgive myself for not having gone in that house when I heard you screaming. We were scared of Russell. We didn't know what to do. Now, has the witness come forward to corroborate her story and say that he heard the screams? No, he hasn't. So here we are. Those are the allegations laid out. They've also sprinkled in uh, some allegations from former ex-girlfriends of Russell Brand, one in particular whose name is Jordan, who wrote of a sexual assault in a book that she later published. And there we have it. So you have girls who are making allegations. You have Russell Brand who is denying them. What is a shame to me is that none of these women seem to have went to law enforcement. You have the one who went to the, the rape crisis center and still it's going to remain a he said, she said. And I get that the argument is going to be that we felt intimidated by him. He is a celebrity. He has fame and status. He has a whole team. Many of them were in relationships with him that had certain power dynamics. He was the star of a show that they were working on. Uh, Alice, who's 16, later went on to, to work in a very similar show space. So there are power dynamics at play, certainly. But if I could just levy a warning to anybody, if you are ever in a situation like this, whether you are male or female, and something like this happens to you, and you believe that you've been assaulted or raped, please go to law enforcement as soon as you possibly can and have a discussion. I know people are going to say that cops don't care about this, they don't take it seriously, but at the very least, you would have a report on file of what happened to you, and hopefully a rape kit and testing and all of these different things. Because right now, as I said before, the only story that it feels like maybe could push forward 
into the court of law is Nadia, who has the text messages uh, and the kit from the crisis center. And even still, it's going to be very, very hard to prove where, where things happen. And I am seeing a lot of uh, comments from you guys saying that the text messages look like they're photoshopped or whatever. Yes, and we can and, talk about you know, that. That's that's something that is certainly possible. Yeah, but uh, I think it'd be very irresponsible of the BBC to publish uh, those or publish that the account of those and using them as uh, evidence in their journalism, at least if they hadn't verified. But either either this woman has them or she hasn't. And I guess for the sake of this discussion, at least we can uh, presume that that she would be able to corroborate them. Yeah, and this is what they're talking about. Let's show it here. Um, a lot of people have zoomed in on these text messages and seen a little kind of bar that juts out here and appears. Now, I don't know. It could be that they are, are photoshopped. It could be that they aren't. Uh, I'm not going to make any claims here. I do know that when I watched the documentary on uh, both occasions, at one point in the documentary, they zoom in on a particular portion of the text to show you uh, what she specifically said. And I believe it's the portion where she says, when a girl says no, it means no, that they, that they zoom in. So that line could be a result of them doing that for the documentary. I'm not sure. It also could be photoshopped. And this is the tricky part, right? Because everybody's already come to their conclusion about whether or not this guy did it or didn't, outside of a few reasonable people, in my opinion. Uh, but... Again, take it to the courts if, if that's what you guys, you know, want to do. If you really want to see these things investigated at, you know, the, the highest status that they can be, the, the statute of limitations is still open on this, and maybe that is what needs to be explored. I will say that Russell Brand has, has something on his side of saying, I was super open about my promiscuity. And if you go through and watch some of his old media clips, he was very open about his promiscuity. People who worked with him knew what he was doing. Uh, you know, women on his show, he was often very sexual with, sitting in their lap in his underwear, kissing them without asking them, a lot of different things. And he was cheered on in the public eye for being this person. Like I said, three years in in a row he won the award for being shagger of the year and you guys know what shagging means it means you know having sex with multiple people and uh, many have stated that he was having sex with up to 80 women a month sometimes five in one day people who worked on his shows said that he would get his number handed out to women in the audience with people that he was working with he would take them into dressing rooms and bathroom stalls and you know have relations with them and of course by and large these are going to be women who are attracted to Russell Brand they are attracted to his fame they are attracted to his, his charisma and they're entering consensual relationships relationships. Now, the documentary even says that many of the women who worked on these shows would help him get the girls that he was going to sleep with. They would hand out his number. They would hand out the hotel room he was staying in for the night. And these girls would simply be ushered into his space with him to engage in this activity. And then the next day would realize that they weren't going to get a text back from Russell Brand, that he, in fact, didn't want them to have their babies, that he, in fact, didn't want to enter a relationship with them. And they would call the show speaking to, you know, the different women who had set them up in this situation and saying, you know, I'm upset that he hasn't called me. I'm upset that he hasn't texted me. And they are scorned, of course, because if you enter something like this, thinking you're going to get a celebrity man out of this or that you actually have a chance with this guy and you don't get it, you're going to be upset. 
And I think more than upset, you're going to be regretful of the situation that you put yourself in. Now, we all know that regret in sexual encounters can often turn into accusations. So that is something to keep in mind. On the other hand, something that I want you to think about is for a moment, let's do a thought experiment and put our imaginations in the shoes of somebody else. Imagine that you are a heroin addict and you are so much of a heroin addict that every single day you're doing heroin multiple times. You're getting it from wherever it's available to you. You're seeking out different people to give you drugs and you're taking them as readily as they are available to you. What are the chances that you put yourself in a situation of regret in taking those drugs or you put yourself in a situation of overdosing and having a harmful experience with those drugs? It's likely, right? So switch out drugs for having these encounters with women. If you're sleeping with five separate women every single day, sometimes 80 a month, Think about those numbers. Think about how many of those instances a woman is going to be left scorned and full of regrets, or how many of those instances could turn into something that could be seen as non-consensual. He has the makings of, of somebody that could be capable of it. Now, is that going to say in my mind that he's guilty or that he's innocent? No, it's not. And if I'm gonna put my best foot forward on this one. I don't think we're ever gonna get an answer on, on what happened here. The women in some instances claim to have witnesses. They haven't come forward to corroborate. And Russell claims to have witnesses. Those witnesses have yet to come forward to corroborate. So it's just gonna be this battle of back and forth. He said this, she said this, I saw this, I was there when he did this. I don't know what to tell yeah, you guys presumably even if it did come to like a criminal level they would probably uh well i guess it'd be civil at that point but even if they did try to bring legal accusations against him he'd, there'd probably be some sort of settlement and the public will probably still be left with whatever uh facts that we have uh, at this stage i mean unless more things are made public in the course of the the proceedings or whatever but all that speculation at this point so the bottom line is like we don't really have uh hard conclusive evidence one way or another on this and mm -hmm. so you just have to look at the facts that are available and and make your judgment based on that yeah i mean that that's really all we have here we're gonna watch some of the people who have claimed that he's guilty and some of the people who have claimed that he's innocent and give our our takes on that now as far as this being a coordinated attack well, that's obvious, right? Uh, in the documentary, they clearly state they've been working on, uh, you know, gathering these allegations for over a year now to come out with this published piece. I do think that Russell Brand went through a period in his life where he was absolutely cheered on and encouraged to have this behavior with women. Does that justify the behavior? No, it absolutely doesn't. But it's interesting that now that he has sort of become an abrasive figure towards the mainstream media, that they suddenly care about women. And that's what's really the, the thing to underline here is that the Me Too movement and believe all women and we care about women is awfully convenient when you hate somebody and not so convenient when you like the person who, who you're coming after. How many men do we all know are absolutely disgusting? and have absolutely engaged in behavior like this with underage girls, with of-age women. We know that they exist, but so long as they toe the line of a certain ideology, 
it's we're not going to hear anything, right? Unless these women push and push and push to come forward and and to and to say something, and that is something that that should not go unnoticed in in this whole conversation. Clearly, this is coordinated. Clearly, if all the newspapers are coming out at the same time with the same story, pushing the same narrative, calling him a conspiracy theorist, they've coordinated this in some way, shape, or form. However, that does not speak to the validity of the accusations. So just bear that in mind. Now, let's. this woman went viral on TikTok talking about Russell Brand and giving her opinion on his case, and she thinks he's guilty. Let's hear it. Of course he's known since Me Too started that there are women out there who have stuff on him and that it's only a matter of time before they come forward and expose him for what he is. He's not an idiot. He has known that this day was coming and so he's had the incentive over the last few years to cultivate a following of people who distrust the media, who think that the media are out to get Russell Brand and that they'll do anything that they can to do that. And that's what he's been doing since Me Too started. That's the only way that he avoids being cancelled. That's the only way that this guy with the God complex stays relevant is if he cultivates this following of people who will disbelieve anything the media put out about him because they don't trust the media. He has everything to gain from doing that. And that's exactly what he's done successfully. Of course, he's not. Okay. So, of course, her claim is that the reason that uh, Russell Brand is so anti-establishment and anti-mainstream media is because he knows what he's done. Um you know what, if that was the major plan here and he's been dedicated to this for, you know, years now and it was all because of some inner guilt that he felt and, uh, you know, inner protection that he wanted to, to build around himself for for this instance of these women coming forward, could be. I don't I don't know. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. What I do know is Russell Brand's not an idiot, right? If he was ever placed in an instance where consent would have been an, an issue, he would know that he was in in that situation. Again, the texts are are kind of telling if they're real, but who knows? So he's certainly not dumb. Do I think he put together this masterful, you know, all-encompassing protection around himself in order to safeguard from future accusations? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past anybody. Some people go to great lengths to protect themselves. I cannot speak to who this individual is, for I do not know this individual. And we build these parasocial relationships with celebrities that we watch on the internet because we like their opinions, we, we seem to like who they are as people, uh, but we forget that we're getting curated images of who those people are all the time, every day. And you, you, you can never know what happened between the years that these allegations are, are being levied out. That's all I can say. So that theory, could stand. It really could. Well, it's funny to me too that, you know, that is essentially a conspiracy theory about Russell Brand. There's no way to like prove or bear out that the, his motivations for building the platform that he has. And it's just kind of a bit of 
projection or it can be whenever like his social media uh, i mean whenever his wikipedia page the first word on it is that he's a conspiracy theorist and they all accuse him of being this conspiracy theorist mm -hmm. for pointing out that you know that uh big pharma is incentivized to create pandemics and that the war machine is, is incentivized to create perpetual wars and the climate people or the world economic forum people are incentivized to create climate crises and all mm -hmm. of that and so sure maybe he's a conspiracy theorist and that he's connecting those dots in, in a logical way and you're but you're no better uh, if you're conducting a conspiracy theory by stringing together his motivations. So I think it's just a little bit of projection. Yeah, I just, all of this stuff you could never prove. Never. Like none of this is ever, in my opinion, probably ever going to be proved. I don't know how you possibly could. And that's why, you know, people say all these stats about, you know, X amount of rapists never see the inside of a jail or this many rapes and sexual assaults go unreported. Uh, and it's because they're they're so difficult to prove. Like, how do you prove what has happened in this instance if you don't have like CCTV footage, you don't have a direct witness, and even if you have witnesses, those people can be skewed in either direction by their their own bias. It is a really really tough situation. Now, others have said this. It says. Cancel. Russell, Russell Brand is just the latest victim of the left's war on free speech. Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson, James O'Keefe, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, Andrew Tate, and President Trump are just the most famous victims. The truth is we're all victims of the intolerant and bigoted left. This tweet went pretty, pretty viral. It got 17.5 thousand likes. Uh, you also saw Katie Hopkins sort of hop on the internet, make a video, and came to the defense of, of Russell Brand. Elon Musk tweeted out, I support Russell Brand. That man is not evil. And interestingly enough, in the, in the case of Elon Musk, he was stating that before the documentary was even released. He was stating that before we even had, you know, the the accusations laid out before us with what these these girls were claiming. And the same for the opposite side. People were stating he's guilty before the documentary was even released, before we had any any account of what happened here. How delulu do you have to be to hop on the internet, especially with the amount of influence that you have as an individual, and make a declarative, definitive statement like that? That is wild to me, to tweet out that you are in support of or against somebody without any knowledge as to what's happened just goes to show where we are right now as a polarized society, that we are more connected to our own agenda and who people seem to represent to us than we are about the objective facts of, of the situation. So if you are like watching anybody right now in this space or any other space who is telling you definitively how they feel about this Russell Brand situation, I urge you to not take them seriously. <laughs> Just don't take them seriously uh, because they don't know. Nobody knows. You could not possibly know. <laughs> there is no way in the state we're in right now that you could possibly know what has happened here. So I, I don't know what else I, I really have to say, but I know that for damn sure. And when I pulled you guys on the community, I asked you, you know, how do you feel about the Russell Brand allegations? You said, 32% of you said that you believe he's innocent, 5% of you said that you believe he's guilty, and 63% of you luckily said, I'm waiting for more facts. So the majority of us are waiting for more facts, which is great. <laughs>
And funnily enough, I did the same poll here in the live chat on YouTube, and uh, we have 31%, 6%, and 63%, so almost exactly the same results in the live poll, which I guess makes sense. It's pretty much the same audience. But. Yes. I So I appreciate you guys for that take. And again, the man is innocent until proven guilty. And I, I will be very interested to see whether or not these allegations are handled in the court of law or if they just meant to completely obliterate him from a journalistic court of public opinion perspective, because that will be very, very telling. Now, if you're interested in this, of course, I urge you to watch the documentary with all those bias points that I gave you in mind, because the documentary is extremely biased uh, in the direction of him being guilty. And when you're listening to, you know, right-wing people or people who are coming to his defense without knowing all the facts, bear that in mind as well. Guys, I don't know that I have anything else to say on this subject. You guys can drop questions down below in your super chats and we can talk about it more at, at length. We're going to get into those right now. All righty. see here. Um, starting us off today is going to be Stormy, who in addition to her $50 super chat that we read earlier, said, mm -hmm. I was so excited to see you read my super chat that I almost cried, LOL. Oh. I recorded it and will have that memory forever. That is so sweet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is sweet. amazing. I'm so glad <laughs> that we could we could do that for you. That is awesome. Uh, let's see. We've got Supma Dude says, I think Russell Brand has been smitten with at least 25% of the female population. The brand lineage is likely going to carry on for many millennia. Dude, one thing to bear in mind here, and I think this is an argument that is often left off the table when we're talking about sexual promiscuity and why it's not good for you and all of these things, is this situation right here. How much of the situation can you control when you are sleeping with that many people in, in the span of a few years? There's very little you can control about that situation. And if you are not getting to know people before engaging with sexual activity with, with them, whether or not it's consensual or non-consensual, whatever it is, I hope it's not non-consensual, uh, consensual, because damn, but you don't know who the person is. You don't know what they will do to you, whether you are male or female. There are crazy people out there who, as soon as they feel an ounce of regret towards something that you've done, will come at you in full force with an accusation. There are also situations if you are, you know, a sex addict and addicted to doing things like that with people who you do not know, you are almost bound to put yourself in a situation where accusations like this are are placed against you. Now, most of us are not Russell Brand, right? We're not famous. We're not ruffling feathers. And we certainly don't have journalists that are constantly working day in and day out, you know, all day for a year to bring us down. But it takes literally one person to completely ruin your life. And it takes you to ruin the life of another person by doing something like this. So maybe that's another argument to keep your body count low. My hmm. goodness. And Stormy kind of echoes what you said a second ago. She said, I feel like the easiest way to ruin a reputation now is to accuse predation. I recall when it was seen as heinous and now it's normal. Scumbag doesn't equal criminal. Yep, 100%. That's the thing, like when I was watching the the documentary and listening to some of these accounts i'm like ooh 
okay, sleazy, 100% sleazy. Like yeah. you're, you're 30 sleeping with a 16-year-old, and the way he met her, she claims, uh, is that she was, you know, walking in, I believe, a BBC building with a bag full of clothing, and Russell Brand walks up to her, pulls a dress out of her bag, and says, you're going to wear this on our first date, and then proceeds to, to court a 16-year-old girl who still lives with her parents. Sleazy? Absolutely. Criminal? No. Not not criminal. So unless she can prove the assault, not in that country. Yeah, not in that country. And uh, you know, you know, here it's eighteen, and maybe I have a little bias in in viewing it because I come from a country where the age of consent is is eighteen. It might be lower in in other states, but eighteen is what I'm familiar with. So hearing sixteen is like, yikes crazy but again he was freaking taking any anybody up on their offer yeah uh vicky bell says when i met my boyfriend he was on the right and i was on the left now we are both politically homeless but he loves that i introduced him to your show hey i love that that's kind of cool i i think um there's this sort of unspoken dynamic of relationships changing political opinions very often and people meeting somebody who they they love for themselves and then it makes them more open to hearing other political opinions because you love the person so much and i think that's a wonderful thing and the fact that you're both politically homeless is is so cute <laughs> <laughs> i heard it uh constantine kaisen has a great term he calls it politically non-binary yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. uh, let's see. Abigail Evans says, how can regular people help Russell, Elon Musk and people who are standing against the establishment? It seems like there is a lot of different movements against conservative values, but we have no real counter strategy. I mean, in my opinion, you know, keep listening to them, elevate the message, because the more people who do that, the less, you know, conspiratorial it sounds, the less you know, crazy and tinfoil hat, it sounds, when you actually have a massive audience. And that's something that Russell Brand amassed in very quickly. I remember him stepping onto YouTube and starting to make these videos, and it was like um, another million, another million subscribers, another million subscribers, and his channel was growing like crazy. So clearly that put him on the radar. I heard Ben Shapiro talk about this this morning, and he sort of speculated that had Russell Brand stayed in the lane of like being promiscuous and being a drug addict and being shagger of the year, he would have continued to be encouraged in, in society. And there would probably be no journalists who were sleuthing on uh, the, the life that he led before. But because he's made this transition over to, to something different, and you can make a judgment as to the validity of that transition, but because he's done that and he's ruffling feathers, they've, they've come after him. And I certainly agree that that puts a target on your back. But again, it doesn't speak to the validity of the allegations. And, and I just want to add to that, Abigail, you said, like, how can we support people like Elon and Russell? But then you also said there's there's movements against values, conservative values. And I think mm -hmm. it's it's helpful to think of yourself first as a proponent of values than of people. And so because people are fallible, right? And mm -hmm. no one's perfect. And uh, if you are only that, it's good to support people who are being truth tellers in a dark age and are supporting free speech and, and such, uh, but support the truth telling that they're doing mm -hmm. more than you're supporting 
the person themselves dogmatically, because then you can find yourself uh, doing what we saw a lot of on social media, which is where the tribal brain kicks in. And it's like, oh, well, they can do no wrong because I, they've supported the other things that I do stand for. Therefore, I support that person, even though they have all these other flaws and it gets it gets muddy. It's kind of like we talk about the LGBTQ movement a lot. And like we have friends who are like, yeah, I'm gay, but I can't wave that flag because there's so much baggage attached to that and things that I don't stand for. So this is where being precise in what you are advocating for and, and using your speech to define that and really focusing more on values and issues on their mm -hmm. merits and, and avoiding labels and personalities and all that is just a, a good way to to think and to go about that. So 100%. which you said it yourself, like uh, the movements are coming against our values. So I know you're, mm -hmm. you're there. But anyway, I just thought that was worth pointing out. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting to see like uh, people go, ah, now that these accusations have come out uh, against Russell Brand, it completely invalidates all the other stuff he said about mainstream media and COVID and all this stuff. And that's certainly like not true. The values stand on their own uh, with with or without uh, these allegations placed against him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, and that goes both ways. If something crazy does come out about someone who has said something great, well, you supported what they said, not mm -hmm. that person. So you don't now you don't have to answer for everything else that mm -hmm. they've done. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyways, uh, rants of a fangirl says, while I'm 50 50, I feel brand has always been accountable. And if he felt any amount of guilt or understanding of the victims, he'd admit it bar legality. Yeah, I I think there's there's an element of that. And he points to that in his original response video of I've been very open about my promiscuity. It was it was laid out, you know, in front of the media. And it's important to acknowledge that it was a, a certainly a different time for for media. And uh, the document the documentary does talk about that a, a, a little bit. I believe an assistant or a personal assistant of uh, Russell Brand is featured and she seemed quite credible in her analysis of it. She seemed like she was actually coming from a neutral perspective of Russell and she gave a lot of light on what the situation was for like for Hollywood at that time. If you think like these accusations against Russell Brand are bad, you should just take a quick look about everything that was happening in Hollywood at that time and live on air. I mean, there are videos where Russell in particular is like pulling his junk out on on TV, you know, peeing in the street on TV. Uh, they they talk about him whipping it out and urinating in a bottle live on air. So, so he sat he sat on one woman's lap in his underwear, like on live live on air. He kissed a woman like non consensually in that way. Yeah. So. A lot of crazy stuff going on. And all on. of it was like, oh, yay, Russell. Oh, my gosh. He's so funny. He's so quirky. He's so cute. And, you know, I think a lot of it is, you know, women being charmed by a celeb figure taking taking interest in them. And they they fell for it thinking it was going to be more than what it turned out to be, even though he's very openly a sex addict. So a lot of this is discernment. I, I can't <laughs> like a lot of and it's not to, to victim blame or anything like that. But who in their right mind wants to be in a relationship with somebody who is publicly sexually addicted to, you know, a multitude of women on any given day? Yeah. And it's a double edged sword, too, right? Because we talk about 
me too and sort of the the hypersensitivity around comedy and stuff like that now to where oh the comedians aren't allowed to make certain jokes or do anything and russell was a comedian and a lot of that could be considered physical comedy mm -hmm. uh so i don't know it's it's difficult because in some respects it's like it's it's i view it as a good that we've kind of gotten away from some of the excesses of this sort of you know, anything goes and you can be super like do very questionable things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think we very quickly and easily swung right past that pendulum and got into like hyper uh, sensitivity around comedy and not letting comedians just do their thing. And uh, so I don't know, it's a, it's a tough balance and culture is always evolving, I guess. Uh, I, in general, I'd say I, I err on the side of you know, free speech and free, you know, people let them do what they want to do. Let's not be so offended over everything. And just because I am offended doesn't mean we need to like completely change the principles that we stand by. Um, and I think that's, that's the, the trump card or the kicker in all this is we, we should still remember our principles of free speech, of the presumption of innocence, of due process and all of that. And that should uh, go over tribal thinking or uh, putting, you know, uh, accusations above, uh, believing accusations as credible just because they're coming from a woman or anything mm -hmm. like that. So that's just some more uh, thoughts on that. Okay. Yeah. Branded Meteor says, I understand a lot is unsure, but I think it's weird to say why now. Uh, as a woman who was essayed, I realized only later that what happened and was so afraid. Yeah. And I, I will say the, um, so I don't know that why now is justifiable in a couple of these instances and specifically in watching the documentary Alice and Nadia. As I said, Nadia went to a, a rape crisis center. So it's not a why now situation. She went and reported it to some sort of authority, not necessarily law enforcement, but she went to a crisis center. Alice allegedly, as stated in this documentary, made several calls to agents of, of Russell Brand to let them know of his contact of his conduct and, and activity. And she began working in a, a similar show space to where Russell Brand was and stated that he was considered for for a show to be uh, the the I don't know what you would call it, the head host, I believe, of the show, and that there were several people who had brought up issues with him. They also claim throughout the documentary that his conduct had been reported on several occasions. The only issue is, and it's the, you know, withstanding issue throughout this whole thing, is that none of the companies that, you know, claim to have these complaints have come forward and said, here are the documents of the complaints. They all sort of in lawyer language said that they're not in the position to uh, give complaints out or that they could not find the, the complaints that were being referenced. Uh, I think overall, there was a general cultural understanding within the show space and entertainment space that Russell was one to stay away from. Now, does that mean that the allegations are true? No, it could just be a bunch of women saying, I had sex with Russell and he never called me back and he never did anything or he, he uses women in that way. And that could be the warning that all of these women gave to each other. We simply don't know. And Brandon also says, I love your podcast so much. Thank, uh, greetings from Germany. Oh, so, thank amazing. You. Thank you Brandon so much. Meteor. Glad you love it. Uh, Danke. <laughs> uh, Alex Santeas says, hey there, gang. I think you probably know what I'm going to say about this, but there's a lot of women that go after guys like RB slash lesser than RB. Uh, and then women say men ain't shit, but most guys aren't like him. Uh, wait, aren't like him in, you mean sleazy in that way? 
or you mean aren't like him so. as in famous? Um, yeah, no, I grant that this happens all the time. That's why uh, on this show, I will tell you any chance that I get that believe all women is bullshit. And uh, that is not a rule that we should apply in a civil society. It does not make sense to believe all women. It makes sense to believe the facts uh, surrounding a situation. And there's plenty of room for these uh, individuals to be lying. There's plenty of room for Russell Brand to be lying. And Alex also says, isn't it very interesting how current media promotes or doesn't discourage a lot of bad behavior, but as soon as you turn a new leaf, bam, straight to jail. Yep. And that is like what we said, you, you place a target in your back sometimes when you come against certain figures. And I think the victims in this case, or the alleged victims, I want to make that clear, should be sort of pissed off that the media is using them in this way right now at this time, because it does undercut the actual message and the actual accusations that are being pushed forward. When you couple this accusation with this idea that we hate Russell Brand because he's a conspiracy theorist, what you're doing is really invalidating the experience of these alleged victims. The, the accusation should stand on their own without all these other farcical call outs for him saying conservative things here or being anti mainstream media here or calling him a conspiracy theorist. So the, the journalist should feel ashamed of their self, of themselves in part. White Devil says, what about when he went on talk shows and women came out with all sorts of thirsty stuff? It got so bad. He called someone out for treating him like meat. You know, it's, that again, a tough situation to decipher with how he's acted publicly on so many occasions. I think there were points when he was turning, you know, the leaf and getting into more of an intellectual space. And there's several interviews you can go watch where many of the interviewers treat him like garbage, like he's literally just a piece of meat sitting sitting in front of them. But that is also the image of yourself that you perpetuated at one point in time. So it, it takes time to recover from those things. And I get that addiction was the basis for, for a lot of that. And that's a very vulnerable position to be in. It's also a very vulnerable thing to admit. But when you act like that, uh, as he has on many occasions, you make your bet. Yeah. Um, Stormy here, again, says... a. A broken clock can still be right twice a day. Don't pass go. Do not collect $200. Laughing about you. Uh, meaning, not sure what she's referring to. Meaning that maybe you're saying that Russell Brand did do these things, even though he's right about the mainstream media. You know, is that what Could is being be. said? Could be that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like I said, so many things can be true. You can stand by his political statements and his philosophy there and not stand by uh, what you've what you've heard. One more from Alex says, thank you, Amla. You asked who in their right mind wants to be in a relationship with a sex addict, yet those women ignored all the red flags and then complain afterwards because of their own bad decisions. Yeah, I mean, I will say getting, if if their allegations are true, getting in a relationship uh, with a, a sex addict does not invalidate the the allegations. They still, in, in turn, do not deserve to, to be assaulted for putting themselves in the situation. But if you are a woman... Uh, it can be easy 
to be swept off your feet by charisma and charm and all of these things. And many of these women have very similar accounts in that when they first got together with Russell Brand, he was very animated about his feeling towards them. He would say, I want you to be the mother of my child, or I love this about you, or you're, you're this, I want to see you, all these things. Um, Love and, bombing, as they say. Yeah, could be considered love bombing if what they're saying is is true. And that is, it easily sways some people because it feels like, oh, this is going to be something real. This is going to be something legitimate. Why not jump, you know, a few steps ahead and go ahead and have sex with this guy? And then you do it uh, and then you realize that was not the right decision. Now, most of these women were grown women. Alice was 16. So I, when I place myself in the position of who I was at 16, or at least try to think about who I was at 16, I think I could have easily been manipulated by somebody of his, his status and his charisma. And if a man walked up to you and was like, let me see your bag, uh, you know, look at this dress. This is the dress you're going to wear on our first date. And he's like some famous celebrity that everybody knows. I could see a 16-year-old being easily swayed by that so i give her the most uh i, I don't know what the word is it's, it's not the most respect but I'm the most understanding when it comes to maybe the state of mind she would have been in and the lack of discernment that comes with being a 16 year old girl 100 um janya says uh much love from austria love your work thank, thank you, you. And I think this might be our last one for today. It's okay. Jeskers18 says, I find it appalling that everyone knew Russell was out of his mind on drugs and alcohol, but would condone his bad behavior instead of helping him. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was kind of treated like, uh, well, you know, look at the silly monkey, watch him dance. Isn't that so funny? Like, isn't that so cute that that's what he does day in and day out? And even though he's on heroin and a sex addict and all these things that he's still funny and uh, can make a good joke and, you know, and they certainly, it seemed, built a culture around him in his work that valued his talent above anything else. And it seems as though they tried to cushion some of his inappropriate, even even the inappropriate consensual behavior that at, at some places that he was working at, he had in his contract that you cannot have, you know, sexual contact with any of the females that work on his show. If that's true, he violated the contract at that show. There was other shows where they said, you know, we'll have male staffers deal with, with Russell. And if you are a female staffer, don't go to, to see him alone. Does that mean he's criminal? No. Does it mean he was probably inappropriate? Yeah. And again, you, how do you separate sleazeball from criminal uh, in, this, in this instance? I, I don't know. Crafty Days, a couple more came in. Crafty Days says, OMG, love your show. This is the first time catching your live, Amala. I'm a small artist. Please let me make you something for your wall. Oh, okay. We don't have I a mean, P.O. box yet, do we? No, we don't have a P.O. box yet. That is one thing that's uh, on on the list, but I have so many other things to do. But as, doing, yeah. eventually I will have a P.O. box for you guys and, and soon. And I would love if you wanted to make a piece of art for, for the wall. That'd be great. And one more from Alex here it says, allegations aside, it's the dumb, bad decisions I'm referring to. They already knew how he was. I don't feel bad for them unless it was non-consensual. Well, that's the thing. 
who knows? <laughs> who knows? I mean, I, if there's anybody as I feel I would feel bad for, I put that in air quotes, it would be the 16-year-old because it seems like uh, she was not uh, developed enough to have made a, a sound decision in that case. When you're 16, you don't know up from down, good guy from bad guy. Uh, there's just so many things uh, that you are undeveloped in, in your view of the world. And that girl claims she was a virgin at the time. So this would have been one of the first men that she ever had received sexual attention from. And that makes it even crazier. She, she states that he was very interested in the fact that, that she was a virgin, referred to her as his baby, his dolly, stuff like that. Who knows if it's true, uh, but if so, weird. Very weird. Uh, Hi Q says, Amala, like Justice Kavanaugh, the question is why is all of this coming out now? Like I said, you have two two accusers who have really maintained their stories, it seems, over the course of of years now. Of course, it's coordinated, guys. Uh, there's no denial of that. These journalists admit to having worked for a year or more to uh, bring these together. There's other women who have come forward that had good consensual relations with uh, Russell Brand who have made videos saying, you know what, he was never a problem with me. Do those videos carry much weight? No, they don't carry much weight. You can't say, you know, well, he didn't rape me. Uh, that doesn't really, really work, but it does help to paint a picture of what the situation was like. I'm just saying, keep those, keep those odds in mind, the odds of regret or, or something bad happening in these situations. Megan J says, Russell is an enigma and has lived many different lives. And the only thing I can judge him on is the mat in this matter is the evidence presented. Yep. hundred percent. Uh, that, that is the, the reasonable take in, in this, uh, in this space. I think who can I shout out? Like I said, Ben Shapiro, I think had a very reasonable take on it this morning when he went through the details, uh, Constantine Kissen Kaizen? How do you say his name? Kaizen? I don't know. I think it's Kaizen. I'm not sure. You guys tell us in the chat. Sorry, guys. We did it wrong once, and then we got corrected, and now I can't remember which one was the correct one. Yeah. He wrote a very reasonable article on his Substack about this as well. Charlie Hill says, hi from Australia. You guys started at 6 a.m. Tuesday, Sydney time. After putting the baby back to sleep, I thought, why not start my day with Amala and Taylor? Oh. That is so very sweet. That is amazing. Good day, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, White Devil says, yeah, with the talk show thing, I mean, how so many people were okay with the women doing that. But if it was men doing it to a woman, it's different. Wait, okay with the women doing what? I think he means like the women going after Russell, treating him like a piece of meat on talk shows. Um People yeah. are okay with it if women do it to men, but not okay. Well, dude, he was doing that to women too. Like uh, some of those right. clips, I'm like, if that happened today, the scandal of that would be, but it was happening everywhere in Hollywood and especially with the UK. I feel like the UK was particularly open to these sort of things happening live on air, people being very crass uh, and it was normalized in a lot of ways. That's something to keep in mind too, what the culture was like at the time. And, you know, the, the issue is 
when these things are happening live on air, like when he sits in the lap of, of a woman with his underwear on, of course the woman is sort of like giggly and ha ha ha. And when, she, when he kisses one of these interviewers on TV, you can tell that there was like nervous energy there. She like taps him like 10 times on the, the shoulder and goes, Russell, like, but giggles it off, right? Because you're live on TV. So it's really hard to figure out what these situations look like. And then the ladies later come out and say, oh, he's such a vile human being. He's a predator. He's this and he's that. Well, girl, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeesh. Uh, let's see. Lily Elser says, hey, you guys, 17-year-old here. I just wanted to say I'm incredibly grateful I came across your channel, Amala. You've inspired me and changed my thinking oh, for the better. Thank you so much. You guys are so sweet in your super chats and I just don't know. It just literally makes my day every single time. <laughs> yeah, thanks for watching, Lily. That's awesome. Uh, Emily Potvin uh, just sends a super chat. No message. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. And Alex again says, uh, let's leave off on a fun note. Are you going to be going to the Romeo Santos concert when he's in California? Have you been practicing your bachata? I have not. And I don't really listen to Romeo Santos, although I can recognize his voice whenever it plays at any time because it is his music is like so distinct and it all kind of sounds very, very similar. I don't really listen to him in my my personal time, although I can do a pretty damn good bachata <laughs> so maybe i do need to make the concert concert at one uh one day or another <laughs> and i don't even know what a bachata is so it's just a little little dance that you do uh and it is uh it's fun it's to bachata okay. music and on that note guys Thank you for watching the show. Leave your thoughts on everything that we unpacked today, which was a lot of information. Gosh, it feels like a fire hose was was opened up. It was so much information that, as, as I said before, I had to watch this documentary two times to just uh, really soak it in, get a good base for what was being said in this case. I'd like to know what you all think. I think we can all agree this is a coordinated attack, and hopefully we can agree that we need more facts on this, and we'll see where this goes. Uh, keep it keep you posted if anything does develop out of this story it could go absolutely nowhere and this was just a huge uh you know attack levied out and that that's where where it ends who is to say what happens next but we will be here to tell you what does when it does <laughs> guys thank you so much for watching the show if you like it like subscribe click the notification bell to be notified when we're live that's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we post videos for you guys Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays now. Tomorrow's video is going to be about Dove partnering with a fat liberation activist who once in her heyday did a hate crime hoax at the University of Virginia. So keep an eye out for that story. Can't wait to fill you in on that. Also, if you'd like to support the work we're doing on this show now that we're independent, I do have a Patreon. The link is in the description down below. All the Patreon tiers are exactly the same. You get all the same perks, benefits, uh, and you just get to support the message of the show if that's what you want to do. Our lowest Patreon tier is $1. So that'll unlock all the stuff for you uh, if you want to give a dollar a month. No pressure. Uh, and yeah, you can check that out in the link in the description down below. Guys, I thank you so much for watching. I will see you tomorrow.